In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello, everyone. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and today my guest is Mr. Yuval Bar Orr. Yuval is the president of the Light Brigade LLC, which houses the Pillars of Wealth Initiative, which you can find at pillarsofwealth.com, a program designed to educate doctors on financial literacy and smart business decision making. Yuval has written several books, including two under the Pillars of Wealth title on financial and business essentials for medical practices. Prior to this, Yuval was a managing director at Algorithmics Incorporated. He was also managing director of product development at Standards and Poor's and was a former director at Moody's KMV. Yuval has been quoted in numerous business and financial publications, including the Wall Street Journal, Business Week, Forbes.com, USA Today, and many, many more. In addition, Yuval teaches courses in finance and wealth management at the Johns Hopkins Carey Business School. Welcome, welcome, Yuval. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I've only touched a little bit on your amazing career and experience, so I'm sure our listeners would love to learn more about you. So uh, would you mind filling in a little more of the professional and life resume and tell us more about yourself? Sure. Uh, the question is how far back to go. Uh, <laughs> Entirely I'll, up to you. I'll, I'll take us back to high school if you'll permit me. I've, I've always wanted to be able to do that. Sure. Uh, so going back to high school, I recall as uh, I was facing graduation, I was very naive about the world and career choices. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I only knew that I enjoyed some of the physics classes. Mm. So I ended up uh, applying to a physics undergraduate program at McMaster University in Canada. And then after about a year, I met some engineering students who told me that I could take the same courses as an engineering student and I would double my salary. And that that. <laughs> Seemed wise, so I went ahead and did that. Uh, so three years later, I completed an, an undergraduate degree in engineering. Uh, and even though I enjoyed that type of material, I was still feeling somewhat uninspired. Uh, I liked the physics, but I wasn't feeling very passionate about it. Uh, and I probably also suffered from some burnout after a really, really challenging uh, few years. Uh, so I looked for one-year programs that uh, I could complete at the same university. Uh, because that would give me an opportunity to try something new. And I went through the school calendar and realized that there were two choices. I could complete an undergraduate degree in one or the other. One of them was English and one was economics. And uh, in my heart, I really wanted to do the English, but economics seemed much more practical. So I ended up mm -hmm. opting for that. And then uh, when I completed that degree, my professor suggested I do a master's. That seemed reasonable, so I sort of went with the flow and completed the master's degree. And then they encouraged me to apply for PhD programs in economics. I had one young uh, professor who was a mentor who told me that I could study similar topics in finance and double my salary yet again. So that again seemed wise. <laughs> and uh, so I uh, decided to go for the finance PhD instead of the economics PhD and uh, completed that and then spent about 10 years traveling the world, as you described in your introduction, providing risk management solutions to many large financial institutions. Uh, over time, I took on more senior roles, uh, including some executive roles with global responsibilities, a lot of global travel. And then eventually I started a family, wanted to spend more time at home. I also wanted to teach and write books. So on my 41st birthday, I resigned and started my own consulting company. That was my, my birthday present to myself was to, to begin a new life. That's great. 
And in fact, I promised myself that I would do this on my 40th birthday, but I chickened out at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think all entrepreneurs can relate to that story, Yuval. Well, that that's a really, really fascinating story, and I, I appreciate you sharing that with us, especially going back to high school, it's just to illustrate your, your path. Um, Yuval, what are you passionate about, and how did you discover that passion? I think you touched a little bit on how you changed courses throughout college and, and in graduate school, but what was it that led you to what you're passionate about today? Uh, the main observation was that uh, it's okay to not know what you want to do in life. Hmm. Uh, and I haven't gotten to your, your question yet, but just reflecting back to, to your observation uh, about my career path. And, and that's a message that I definitely want to get across to, to folks, especially those who are uh, younger than I and maybe confused and not sure what, what they should do with themselves. Uh, but answering your question more specifically, I probably need to give you some more background. Um, my father was uh, quite an accomplished physician and researcher. He had close to 200 peer-reviewed publications. He was a very, very uh, widely respected and loved person. And um, he was also very trusting and honest. And this made him a target for uh, peddlers of various uh, products, such as um, brokers, financial advisors, and the like. And uh, because he was very trusting, he, he simply took their words for things and ended up making some financial decisions that were uh, inadvisable. Uh, he was careful not to overdo that, but uh, still, I, I estimate that he probably lost about 25% of his nest egg value oh my goodness. just following inadvisable uh, ideas and being overly trusting of others. So uh, he unfortunately passed away at the early age of 67. And uh, then I watched my mother struggle. It's like many women of her generation, she left financial matters to her husband, who was now gone. And despite having an unusually strong support group, she has three doting children, uh, she was losing sleep over financial decision-making. So observing her struggles and others of our friends who had also reached that age, and they were also physicians and dentists and, and spouses of physicians and dentists, it made me realize how vulnerable these families are. And most people don't see it that way because people perceive physicians and dentists as earning high salaries and being well-respected in the community. So uh, many people don't, don't really see the, the difficulties, the challenges that are inherent to choosing such uh, intense career paths. And so I gradually moved my focus and eventually extricated myself completely from the world of financial risk management and, and repositioned myself as a financial literacy educator. And that is the passion. So as, as you described, I, I wrote several books on the topic. I began to deliver workshops, participate in blogs, uh, became a consumer advocate to some extent. Uh, and many of the media appearances you uh, referred to were on this topic. And uh, this culminated in the Pillars of Wealth Initiative, which is very explicitly focused on helping doctors to level the financial playing field. I think you highlight uh, something that a lot of people may not be aware of, that um, being in the medical profession, the demands on your time often leads, leads very, very little to devote towards developing financial literacy. And I, I've known many doctors. I have friends who are doctors. I have family members who are doctors who struggle with this very, very issue. So I think it's a, it's a critical one that is starting to come to light. And it is so wonderful to hear that you have found through your experiences, both personal and professional, a way to kind of help uh, that profession achieve more financial literacy towards better business decision making. 
Well, Yuval, can you share a time? We're going to dig a little deeper. Can you share a time in your life or your profession where you failed or faced a big, what seemed like insurmountable challenge that ended up being a valuable learning experience for you or part of your road to success? Uh, yes, a significant learning experience with a challenge. I'll go back to my under, undergraduate days. I was a varsity wrestler uh, during my first few years of my undergraduate education. And in my junior year, I suffered what eventually turned out to be a career-ending shoulder injury. I spent several months in a lot of pain. And uh, as a last resort, it was suggested to me that uh, a cortisone injection may, may do the job. And uh, although I wasn't crazy about the idea of such a, an intrusive um, process or procedure, I, I wanted to, to get back uh, on the mat and continue competing. So a few days later, I found myself in the doctor's waiting room, and uh, I was pretty much feeling sorry for myself. I had high aspirations athletically, and increasingly looked like all those dreams were not going to, to happen. They weren't going to come to fruition. Uh, and then I realized that the waiting room was filled with other people, uh, including a number of children, and it was clear that some of them had pretty serious medical issues that would probably affect them for the rest of their lives. And yet they were there laughing and joking and seeming happy, and here I was generally healthy, I just had a sore shoulder, and that pain eventually went away, and I was feeling sorry for myself and moping. So it was an opportunity to get a better perspective on life and to... Um, uh, to realize that life has a lot to offer if we let it and if we allow ourselves to get depressed or feel sorry for ourselves, then we're depriving ourselves of all those other opportunities that exist and we're not doing a service to those around us. And uh, so I, looking back, that was a turning point for me. I think there was a lot of wisdom that I, I gained there. And uh, I was able to then replace the earlier dreams with fresh ones and, and moved on. And I think it's important every once in a while in life to be humbled because it keeps us grounded and focused on those things that are really important. Well, I, I love that story. And thank you for sharing that. I think there's so much we can learn just by looking at the resiliency of children, uh, what they sometimes are able to just endure and just continue on and just sort of that, that fearlessness that... Um, their ability to to take a situation and just absorb it and just bounce back. And I think that's something that is extremely valuable that as adults, we sometimes forget about and, and we sometimes lose that. So I think it's always good to have that reminder. And it, and it sounds like it was a it was a sort of an inspiration to you to sort of to move on and find a different path. Well, you've all we're going to talk next a little bit about influences. And this next question is a two part question. And first, is there a movie, book, song, or play that has been greatly influential in your life? There isn't. I, mean, I, I should take uh, that back to some extent. Uh, I very much enjoy all of those uh, forms of entertainment, and uh, certainly some have been uh, have left an impression on me. Um, but I think I might give you a somewhat different story about a life sure. experience that, that was cultural in nature, and so hopefully that will satisfy this question. Um, and this particular experience was that in my early 20s, I spent a number of months in Japan, and language barriers made it very difficult for me to have nuanced conversations with people, and also the cultural disposition of my hosts made it difficult for them to say what they really meant. So if they disagreed with me or were unhappy with something I was doing, uh, the politeness requirements of the culture meant that they couldn't tell me that outright. 
And so I was forced to pay more and more attention in conversations to what was left unsaid, to to try to read people's body language, to read the atmosphere in the room. And I felt that that influence has served me well ever since because these are the sorts of capabilities that we really need to have in order to communicate with each other more effectively. It's crucial in the business world, especially now that uh, the world is so globalized, so interconnected, so flat. And um, recognizing that sometimes people won't say exactly how they feel, either because they don't realize it explicitly or because they're uncomfortable communicating that openly, uh, I find was, was very influential for me. I think that's a that's fantastic, and I appreciate you sharing that. And you know, we may rephrase the question to include uh, cultural experiences. I think travel and traveling abroad and spending time abroad can be an extremely eye-opening experience. And I, you know, I noticed during my time in the MBA program that that has become so important. Just understanding cultural differences and being able to really, really. Uh, understand the nuances of how that influences and how that impacts communications globally. So that's that's a wonderful, wonderful response, and I really appreciate that. Second part to the question, Yuval, is there a person that you've connected with in your life that has left a lasting impression towards you finding your career or your life's passion? I know you've, you've mentioned uh, a couple of individuals in your background, but was there anyone in particular that stands out for you? Yeah, there certainly are many people I'm very thankful for having had an opportunity to meet and and be influenced by over the years. Um, The example I will share with you here was actually, again, going back to high school to my English teacher. Uh, So this is a shout out to Miss Steinberg from uh, many years ago, uh, and she helped to kindle my love of writing. In her 40s, she left high school teaching and she entered medical school, and she ended up in the same university that I ended up enrolling in. So when I began college, I would occasionally see her in the medical library, and she'd be often passed out on the couches wearing her scrubs <laughs> after a long day, and uh, probably a 24-hour, 36-hour shift. And uh, at the time, it was still somewhat unusual for a woman to become a physician, and, and much more rare to do so at that rather advanced age mm-hmm. at the time. So 45, I think she was roughly 45 at the time. Uh, and so I, I recall being really impressed by that. And it also made me feel that anything is possible because it showed that we could choose to reinvent ourselves even at a more advanced age. And um, I think in some sense it gave me the permission to have that circuitous career path and academic path that I had because I had always had the sense that I, I could change if I wanted to and I could find something else that would keep me interested and passionate. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. Wonderful takeaway. I, I think that's that's fantastic, and it, it's it's wonderful to hear not only did this woman have a... this teacher have a direct influence on on you in terms of your writing, but it sounds like a little bit in terms of your decision to devote your financial literacy skills to helping those in the medical profession. So I think that's really, really uh, fascinating to hear. Um, Yuval, what advice do you have for someone struggling to find their passion in life? Wow, you don't have any small questions, do you? <laughs> no, we don't shy away from the small, uh, from the large questions. <laughs> um, 
my my uh, best advice would be try things. I think, and I, I remember back to to being roughly in the same sort of position, completing some level of education and not knowing what the world has to offer and feeling pressure to make the right decision, choose the correct career path. So um, my advice would be try things. You, you have time to change course. Waiting for the perfect opportunity to materialize is a waste of time because no opportunity is ever perfect, even if they may seem to be from a distance. And there's no need to put your life on hold. So don't procrastinate. Try something. As soon as you come across something that you find somewhat interesting, if no other options are available, then go ahead and do it. Commit some meaningful amount of time to doing it. It may be six months. It may be a year or two. Focus on doing it well. Make the most of that experience. More than likely, doors will open when you do that. Something else will turn up. You will be able to revise and refine what your view of something exciting and interesting for you is. Um, and if it turns out that no other doors appear, and I think that would actually be quite unlikely, especially if you commit yourself fully, if no doors materialize, then uh, it's you've simply learned that you need to find a different path. And so effectively, I'd go back to the beginning of this paragraph and say, try something else. Give that an opportunity to develop. Give it an honest effort to succeed. I've found a number of young folks uh, who've, who've come to me for advice, whom I've mentored over the years, who at some point in their first job would contact me and say, oh, I, I feel that this is not for me, and uh, I'm really thinking about changing careers. And yet, when I would recommend to them that they stay a little bit longer and just explore more opportunities, more often than not, three months, six months later, I would connect with them again, and they would say, actually, I've decided to stay. I suddenly feel really more inspired and uh, I'm getting much more out of this than I thought I would. And I really like this career path. So, um, again, back to the, the initial comment, uh, rather than sitting back and waiting, be proactive. Go out there and, and make something happen. I think that's wonderful advice. I mean, the two takeaways that I get from that is the simple advice, just try something, but also spending significant time. I think that is a critical element. I, I know we've interviewed a lot of guests, and it, it seems to be a recurring theme that those who really do take the time to devote towards exploration are able to find their path. It doesn't always come directly, and the path to success is not always that straight line. So I think that's really wonderful advice. Yuval, what is next for you? The next big uh, project is, is to continue building up the Pillars of Wealth offerings. A number of medical schools around the country have shown great interest in incorporating the Pillars of Wealth financial literacy material into their formal curriculums. And in addition, I have a few other book ideas, a few other research ideas. And uh, I also have some uh, aspirations to improve uh, some of my uh, running times, especially in the three-mile well, I think those are all wonderful endeavors. Uh, the financial literacy, I, I know that the pillars of wealth will be of such value. And, um, you know, to, to those who may be listening, if you're a physician, if you're in the medical profession, part of a medical institute, I, I highly encourage you, please, please check out pillarsofwealth.com and reach out to um, Yuval Bar or Yuval, I have no doubt that your story and your wisdom and your insights today have made an impact on some of our listeners today. What is the best way that our listeners who wish to do so can make a connection with you? The easiest way is through the Pillars of Wealth site. That's simply pillarsofwealth.com. It's all one word. 
You can also reach out to me directly if you're so inclined. I can be reached at yuval at pillarsofwealth.com. That's Y-U-V-A-L at pillarsofwealth.com. Uh, feel free to participate in the blog. Just uh, recently uh, started a blog on, on the website. So feel free to participate there. You can send me a question directly at the email address, and I'll be happy to respond to it and or do so through the blog. And uh, the books, of course, are available on Amazon if you prefer just to be able to sit down somewhere and read about this material. That's excellent. And we will be reposting all of this information on our website. So, Yuval, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today and for sharing your extraordinary journey with us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Folks, this has been Moving Forward. If you like what you hear, please take the time to support us. Take the time to rate us, review us, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. We have been speaking today with Mr. Yuval Bar-Or, and you can reach him at PillarsOfWealth.com or at Yuval at PillarsOfWealth.com. Thank you again, Yuval, and have a great day. Goodbye. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.